Hey everyone, welcome to Meat Sports Alcohol for Monday, April 12th. I'm Dylan. And I'm JMO. We have an awesome show uh, for you today, super fun episode. First, we have Finley Flemington, uh, our winner of the Meat Madness competition that we did, and our newest uh, resident college basketball expert. We have him on to talk about his strategy with uh, picking his March Madness bracket. Um, and then doing a little bit of NBA draft preview with him to get some of his uh, knowledge and insights uh, and analysis on some of these top uh, college basketball prospects. We then sit down with Dan Klein, Dan the man Klein. He's a world-class record-holding cup stacker, uh, which is awesome. I don't know any world-class cup stackers, so it's awesome talking with him. Uh, we talk all about the world of cup stacking, his journey to becoming this incredible cup stacker, and we pitched some new celebrations for him uh, to celebrate his world record-breaking cup stacks. We then close out the show with a little Masters recap. All right, take it away, chat. We now welcome on Finley Flemington, uh, my buddy from high school and the winner of this year's Meet Madness competition, the little March Madness bracket that we ran. Uh, thanks for coming on, Finley. Congratulations on winning our bracket. Oh, thanks for having me on, fellas. Excited to uh, to chat a little bit about, about my strategy. Yeah. Well, my first question has nothing to do with your strategy. Uh, we <laughs> just posted a reel on Instagram promoting our interview that's going to be part of this podcast with a, a cup stacker. And I saw your brother, Riley Flemington, liked the reel instantly. And I also see that you haven't liked it yet. So I just wanted to ask as our guest on this podcast, not very supportive move by you. What yeah, you? you know what? No excuses. No excuses. <laughs> I, he, you know, he beat me to the punch. Um, I, I'm, you may notice scrolling my Instagram, I'm not the most, the most social media active, but uh, I'll be sure to like this one, Lori. Yeah, yeah, let's get on that. That was kind of contingent <laughs> with this whole like quid pro quo. You know, you come on, we scratch your back, you scratch our back kind of deal. You do uh, not have a profile picture on Instagram. What's up? What's up with that? Yeah. Um, Good point. Uh, you know what? I <laughs> you got you got banned, right? Is that what? It yeah, was? Actually, you, you know what? Account. Yes, this was this was a couple of years ago. So, um, you know, I had a, I had an Instagram account. You know how it is. Like you, you got uh, you're feeling good about yourself. You're posting you got, like, nudes. You're posting all bright <laughs> content. Of course, all that good stuff. <laughs> um, I had my only. I was only fans before it was cool. Uh, <laughs> no, anyway, so uh, only fans. Feel exactly. Feeling good. I had uh, over a thousand followers, whatever. Um, and I'm at work one day, and then and then fuck, like I'm scrolling. Through, I pull up my Instagram, and okay, I can't access it. It's like, oh, you know, you can't log in. So I go on and, and try to log in. And anyway, long story short, is I I got hacked by a Russian hacker, like really? like straight up. And so they change. You know, they started posting. You know how it is. They start posting like pictures of women, like of you know, scantily clad women, all that shit, right? Yeah. Um, never got it back. Right. And never since then, I just, you know, 
were they trying to influence the Western University Sigma Chi elections for Alpha and Beta, uh, the yeah. Russian hackers? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's how they were testing. They were testing their entry yeah. into uh, into the higher stakes, mm-hmm. higher stakes <laughs> elections. Um, yeah. So you know, uh, you mentioned you had a th- you used to have a thousand followers. That's a pretty big accomplishment. Yeah. Uh, so it sounds like you're a pretty accomplished guy. Uh, I just want to know, like, how does uh, where does winning meet madness kind of rank among all of these accomplishments? It's got to be pretty high up. Yeah, it's got to be. Um, I'd say certainly top three. Top certainly. Three. It was a competitive bracket, man. I think, uh, no, I, I'm uh, quite excited to be here. I'm excited to have, have made it all the way through on that, uh, that gauntlet of a challenge. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about your strategy for picking the winning bracket? Did you have like, any kind of crazy strategy or did you just go with the favorites? What was kind of your tactic? Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, as much as I'm sure you'd like to hear all about the details of my super, you know, analytics driven spreadsheet strategy. I, I pretty much just picked based on what Danner told me to pick. And that's a buddy of JMO and hers. And, you know, I was, Oh, okay. I got to fill my meat madness bracket. Danner, like, give me a hand here. So I don't know why he's not here, but, Anyway, I, I pretty much went on feel and, uh, and he, I said, Hey, do you think Baylor's going to win? And he's like, they got a shot. So I'm like, all right, all right, Baylor's my team. So took them all the way. And that was about it. Seriously. I, I had like no strategy at all. Yeah. I don't know. That kind of feels uh, sketchy to me. We had two people picking one bracket getting to the finals. That's uh, you guys well, kind of re- split the championship. Yeah, I know we should have it. You got to come in, come in the side door here, have him on. But no, you know, I just ran, ran the picks by him and all that. Uh, shout out to Danner on that one. But um, yeah, you know what? It was great. Like JMO, uh, I'm playing golf, ironically, with, with, with Danner and another buddy of ours. And, and I get a text. He's like, hey, like, are you, you know, your username? I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's me. He's like, man, you're, you're in the final two for Madness. Like, if Baylor wins, you're on the podcast. I'm like, oh, fired me up. I shot great. I was like ready to go. Like, this is amazing. I'm going to get on the pot. You know, it's a pretty unique thing. So, um, yeah, man, no, it was a big fire. Yeah. yeah. While we, uh, while we got you on, is there anything, uh, you want to plug? You got any, uh, any b- business you're trying to promote anything like that? What's going on in your life? Anyone you want to thank maybe? Yeah. Your yeah. Victory, a little Oscar speech. Yeah. For the big win. Um, other than Danner, I guess, uh, yeah, you know what? I'll thank. Uh, I guess that. What's up? You're a pretty big man for uh, even saying that Danner assisted in your strategy for picking this bracket and giving him some props. If I were you, I'd be like, "That was all me, baby." <laughs> I sat down, I studied the numbers, I knew what I was doing. It was just me. So that's kind of a big move. Good. Yeah, you know, I, I got to be honest. I'm not. Uh, I'm not the the biggest college basketball uh, college basketball fan or head. You know, I enjoy watching it, but. But you know what? Sometimes it's a little beginner's luck, right? That's all. That's all you need. So um, we'll say, you know, I'll save it for him. Like he, he gave me a hand there, and uh, yeah, you know, I'm. Just, but now I'm just coasting, so can't complain. You know, you know it's it's funny you should say that actually uh, that you're not the biggest college basketball fan because you know you you won this competition, you out you outlasted <laughs> all these people that I'm sure are college basketball experts. Uh, which means, you know, we kind of figured you were the college basketball expert. You are our guy. Uh, so we've uh, actually uh, prepared 
a good number of NBA draft questions. Um, you know, now that we're transitioning uh, towards the NBA draft, looking forward, you know, we got our teams that we're rooting for. Um, so, yeah, we uh, we wanted to get your thoughts on uh, some of the top prospects coming out, um, you know, and see uh, see what the college basketball expert has to say. Yeah, sounds like a plan. Cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> starting out with, uh, you know, there's not the same kind of international presence uh, in the top picks this year you know there's no Luka Doncic nothing like that um, but there's definitely some fringe guys some you know late first rounders uh, two names that are sticking out are uh, Josh Giddy and Usman Garuba um, I'd be interested to know like who do you think would have the most immediate impact on a franchise uh, if they were to draft them great question um, I'm guessing no fault like no follow-ups here I just got to go with my gut no, yeah, you know, I mean, I'd right, love no. to have a discussion, you know. I, I'm very curious to hear what you have to say. Yeah. I've been following Garuba just... since since 10th grade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think on, uh, you know, a big part of a player's appeal has got to be like the the marketability, right? Mm. You know, you fire fire them up, right? Mm. So I'd say uh, uh, Bar- Baruba. Garuba, yeah. Garuba, yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, yeah, Garuba, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's the, that's the guy for sure. He's going to walk, he's going to step right in and, and make an impact just totally. on that alone. I think, yeah. uh, you know, that's going to elevate him. You know, you know, think about the ball brothers, right? Same, same idea there. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. See, I, you know, from what I've seen, what I, what I was studying in the tape, I kind of saw Usman as a little bit more of a project, uh, a little bit more of that raw athleticism uh, and the defensive impact for sure but a little raw on the offensive end. Um, is there any teams, you know, you think that Garuba would be a good fit for? Great. You know what? Honestly, you think about it. Um, perhaps a team like, uh, like uh, say, Portland, you know, a little bit more fine offensively, got some good shooters. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Could use, you know, a switchy, switchy wing. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a wing. Yeah. So, yeah. I like that. I like that yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that's a good fit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like that. Let's any Blazers fans out there. Let's keep an eye out for uh, Garuba. He could be a nice little late. And shout out to Norm steel. coming from the wraps to the, yeah, to, to Portland. So shout yeah, out to that'd be good. You know, uh, losing uh, Gary Trent Jr. kind of has a bit of a uh, impact on the defensive end. So they could definitely use, um, you know, a bit more of a wing defender, some length, some raw athleticism out there uh, for sure. Um, you know, another, you know, follow-up, uh, NBA draft question I had, you know, you picked Arkansas to go pretty far. You must have been doing a lot of studying on their players, on their talent. Um, one of their, you know, star guys, Moses Moody, uh, you know, do you have a, a good NBA player comparison for Moses Moody? What position does he play? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like a three and D type guy. You oh, know? okay. Danny Green. Danny Green. Okay. Yeah. Danny yeah. Green. Okay. okay. So that's interesting. You said, okay. So, all right. Yeah. I, um, I, I can agree with that. Um, so he's actually a bit of a, a more of an old school player, you know, okay. all right. yeah, all yeah. Right. kind of like seventies, eighties, you know, uh, merger type player. Do you have any like, you know, late seventies, early eighties player comparison that could maybe contextualize it a little bit better? I mean, Talking old school three and D, obviously not on this level, but I suppose Larry Bird. Mm, interesting, yeah. Okay, so I had I had Drazen Petrovic, mm, um, of course. But Larry Bird, that's high comparison for Moses Moody coming out. Yeah, of I mean so he's Larry not Larry Bird. 
So he's not Larry like, Bird caliber, Moses but, Moody. Let's keep you know, that he's got some shades out. in there. Mm-hmm. I bet Moses Moody could kick the shit out of Larry Bird. Yeah. <laughs> in a one-on-one. Yeah. Like totally. peak Larry Bird versus Moses Moody. Larry Bird like didn't work, like didn't work out. It's true. Yeah, that's honestly think about it, right? Like maybe this is a question is take uh, Brian Scalabrini. Mm. How does Brian Scalabrini do Against in Larry old school Bird. NBA? Was, well, maybe Larry not Larry Bird, Bird but he's just Larry in the league. He's did, you, did you see the video of Brian Scalabrini just kicking this? Not kicking this. I did see that. Cooking that. I did see that. I did see that. I mean, Dylan, I call <laughs> Dylan and I are big uh, believers of even average to below average players nowadays would just absolutely wreck anyone from before like 1980. Yeah. Like, I was uh, I was listening to a podcast and uh, Bob Ryan, like the old school uh, Boston reporter who's just like has a hard on for every like 60s and 70s Celtics players. Uh, yeah. One of the Miami Heat uh, homers that I follow was like Bam Adebayo would beat the shit out of Larry Bird. Like, you know, if they Dude. played one on one, he'd score a million points. Imagine Bob Jerry Ryan. Was- O'Brien had a heart attack. He like he like had an aneurysm. He was freaking out. <laughs> yeah, imagine Jerry West trying to get a, a shot off on Ben Simmons. There's no chance. You no couldn't step over half court and be able to dribble the ball. <laughs> it would be over for him. Um, I don't know if we want to ask any more. <laughs> no, Jamo. I think. Questions. I mean, no, oh, yeah, Jamo, I, had I think one. we got to know more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had one. So Max Abmus, obviously Oral Roberts, stand out from the tournament. Uh, lit it up, especially on the offensive end with his shooting. As I'm sure you know, he's 6'1", about like a buck 70. Uh, how much do you think just like his size is going to limit his playing ability in the NBA? Uh, you know, clearly a defensive liability. Where do you see, how do you see him playing in the NBA and where do you see him getting drafted? Yeah, I, th- I think, um, I think more and more, you know, you see a bit of a, a bit of a, you know, some hustle from the, from the shorter guys, right? I'm a, I'm a Canadian Raptors fan, right? Um, Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry, that's the, that's the mold, right? For those, mm. those shorter players, mm. but you know, they got a hustle, right? And so probably, uh, you know, second rounder, mm. but. Um, could be but a steal. Could, exactly. Round. Could find, could, could find some, come some, uh, you know, find that track where he just, just becomes a, a real good hustle player who can, who can score and, you know, do it all for, for a team. I bet right. he could give Larry Bird a run for his money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how slow was Larry Bird? Oh, he, he's a turtle, dude. Holy shit. <laughs> I bet your brother could beat Larry Bird. Dylan, and for our listeners, Finn has, like, an extremely talented brother uh, in track and field. He's, like, in crazy, crazy fast athletic high school my high school mm-hmm. just like post pictures of him nonstop, being like this guy's an animal uh how yeah. do you think oh here's a question take your brother like six years ago just put him in like a Dirk Nowitzki style basketball camp in like the middle of nowhere Germany how do you think he would play against Larry Bird like 20 years <laughs> down the road um he might have a tough time he might have a he's a little on the shorter end um but you know what he's got the speed he's got that he's got the north south speed so um you know i think he could take it to the take it to the rim and and uh you know maybe get around him. but um i think he'll stick to running i think his he's a good uh you're you're right jamo he's a really good uh, good track athlete and 
um, you know, maybe maybe a future guest on the pod meets sport, you know, on the sports. But that's, a good um, idea. that's true. Maybe, yeah. Right. Um, Flemington family. Bring us on, man. Yeah. They're an More impressive game. bunch. They're an impressive bunch. <laughs> yeah, they're a star track and field athlete, a college basketball expert. Savant. How about that? <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, I had sorry. a... Oh, I just had another, uh, I had another NBA draft question. No, don't mind. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. So, um, Davion Mitchell, you know, he, his, his, uh, status, you know, flew up to the top of people's charts with his performance, uh, in the NCAA tournament, uh, really proved to be, you know, a great asset for Baylor. Uh, one thing that, you know, a lot of people have been noticing, I've personally noticed it is he has a bit of an issue, you know, fighting through the off ball screens, um, do you think that that ends up being a liability in the NBA or do you think he'll be able to kind of work his way through that? Uh, and furthermore, like, you know, any, any teams that stand out to you that you think he'd be a good fit on? Well, on the first point, bigger and bigger part of the game for sure. Right. Is, mm-hmm. is just, you know, those, uh, those quick big men being able to set screens and, and, and make stuff happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so on D, you know, he's got to, you got to adapt, right? You got to, mm-hmm. you got to make, make that work. Yeah. Um, in terms of a fit, uh, you know, a good, good combo guard. Um, you know, he'd pro- probably do well in, uh, in, uh, I don't know, Washington. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially if Maybe. Beal's out of there. Yeah. Learn from yeah, the best, That's right. Be Russ and Russ and Beal. Bill, right. Bill wow. around I would on. not want someone learning from Russ. Oh my God. That's fair. That's yeah. a fair point. Uh, no, no, I, I think he'd be good. He has some raw grittiness too. <laughs> Russ would be great if I you wanted to teach in. someone how to suck at basketball. And you're like, here's how you never win anything. Go stand next to Russ and take notes. <laughs> so, I'm a um, Russ hater. <laughs> well, and you must have really seen something in Davion Mitchell from the beginning, uh, based because you know you picked Baylor to go all the way through. Yeah, wow. I mean. Hidden gem. He was he was pick he was driving it from the beginning for me for sure. Yeah, Dude, you got Gonzaga and Baylor right in the national championship. You also got Arkansas versus Baylor in the Elite Eight, right? How about next time you uh, know what the future is, you tell me so I could make some money betting. Yeah, you and Danner <laughs> need to cook up some bets for meat sports alcohol. This is ridiculous. I'm looking through. You had Michigan versus UCLA, right? You picked UCLA That's- to the Elite Eight. Blue chip school. He's a savant. That's all I got to say. Savant. Yeah. Yeah, man. Blue blood. Uh, well, so that's actually great um, with your, you know, seeing into oh the future. Uh, <laughs> uh, who do you think wins the uh, the NBA championship this year? Who's your lock? Holy shit. My lock. Whoever, you, whoever you say we're going to bet on, like right now. So. Okay. Wow. That's big. Oh, big Ice. Um, this is the, uh, the lock of the week. God, imagine if you're, if you're right, Talking we're going to have to have you on again. Yeah. <laughs> you're essentially our yeah. basketball savant. Um, you might have to just go. join the meat sports alcohol team as like a financial advisor. Yeah. You know how yeah. much money I lost in the Masters this week? <laughs> brutal. Sorry, go ahead, Finley. No, no, I, I, for sure. Uh, I, I feel you, Jamie. It was uh, the master on the Masters, I mean. Uh, but anyway, it's hard, hard to go against them, but I just think path out of the east uh, is a little bit easier for the nets so i'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with the nets that's right that's right oh. baby yeah oh, well yeah. i guess i don't need to bet i gotta be i gotta I have the homer have. homer pick msa homer pick 
Brooklyn Nets. Sorry, hear. Dylan. It's not what I want to hear. But hey, you know, you're the expert here. So I'll I'll listen. Speak it into existence. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, congratulations on the victory. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for your basketball insights. Uh, I think we're slowly becoming the number one Usman Garuba pod. Keep an eye out. Damn, we should just become huge Usman Garuba guys. Like PMT took Josh Allen. God, yeah. imagine he's like actually filthy too. Like five years yeah. down the road, we could play this. Be like, we've been on Usman Garuba since. Let's do it. Twenty twenty one. The originals. No downside. <laughs> That's you guys got to get the jerseys too. Go full oh. out. Just that's like yeah. Just, I like that. Just own it. Here's That's your guy. Plan. We bet on the Nets. We win, obviously, because the Nets are going to win the finals, and you can see the future. Take take the Nets winning money. Just buy all the imaginary Usman Garuba stock we can, including the jerseys, and yep. we'll just be Garuba guys. Yep. Garuba, Garuba guys. <laughs> the Garuba crew. Garuba that already crew. works. Yeah. All right. I love Perfect. that. All right. Well, thanks, Finn. Appreciate yep. you taking the time. Congratulations again on the victory. Happy to do it, guys. Thanks for having me on. I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Now watch this drive. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Got Bush? You definitely do if you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor today, Manscaped. After using these life-changing products, you're going to want to join a ball sack beauty contest. I'm looking out for you, too, because I also have an exclusive 20% off discount. Uh, we still got this going on, guys. Use the promo code MEAT at checkout at manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping. You're not going to want to miss this deal, and you can join us in our ball beauty contest. And if you do, because you're gonna want to, you're gonna feel like it if you use Manscaped. If you do want to join a ball sack beauty contest, just go ahead and send your pics to Dylan Rossback on Instagram. <laughs> Don't slip on the ice. Is his Instagram handle? Send him your best ball pics because they're gonna look so great after using Manscaped. I have a question for you, Dylan. Have you charged your lawnmower 3.0 yet? I haven't because I haven't needed to. What it's the f- What the fuck are they doing? Their batteries are phenomenal. I use them. I use my lawnmower constantly and I haven't needed to charge it once. Right. Whatever batteries they're putting in Manscaped, they need to put in my MacBook. They need to put in my iPhone. They need to replace everything. They're, they're, all their products are so high quality down to the batteries. It's insane. You know um, who else could use these batteries? Elon Musk. That's the whole Tesla's whole issue. They can't figure out the batteries. Guess who has figured it out? Manscaped. And guess what? Manscaped isn't going on Twitter to brag about all the cool shit they do all the time. They know what they're, they know what they're doing. They make a great product and a fantastic battery. Elon Musk hasn't been able to figure that out yet. That's genius. I'd buy, I'd buy it. You know, I, I've been thinking about buying a Tesla and I haven't not because I don't have the money no. because I do. Is it because their batteries suck? They need the batteries from these lawnmowers at Manscaped. You yourself can get a lawnmower 3.0 from Manscaped using promo code MEAT and you get 20% off and free shipping. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code MEAT at manscaped.com. Go get yourself a lawnmower. Never have to charge it again. I got to work in my car to knees. We now welcome on Dan the Man Klein, as he's known. 
Uh, he's a sports stacker, YouTuber, and member of Team USA. Uh, Dan, thanks for waking up early on this Sunday morning and, and talking with us. Really appreciate it. No, um, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, so my first question is just, I, I noticed in, in that little introduction and, and on your social media and everything, you refer to yourself as a sports stacker. Um, is that the, the term for cup stacking? Is that the preferred term, um, sports stacker? I mean, people call it like various different things. People call it like cup stacking, speed stacking, sports stacking. So, I mean, I call it sports stacking because I've done this for like over 14 years and I've competed in uh, tournaments and I'm on Team USA. So that's, you know, why I call it the way that it's called. Um, I would love to know just like a little bit more about like the the sports stacking like landscape. Um, you know who who competes. You know you mentioned Team USA. Are you um, competing against other countries? Is there like um, individual competitions as well? Just like how does that whole dynamic work? Um, so in tournaments, um, they they'll hold. Um, let's say like in a, in the United States, they hold like national tournaments where it's mainly like um, Team USA, uh, like USA stackers. They don't necessarily have to be on Team USA. But it can be just like anybody who's in into um, sports that can that can compete. Um, but in this case, we're like in the, you know, in, uh, world, um, championships, you know, you have like tons of, uh, people around the world competing from like countries from like Asia, from like Malaysia, Thailand, um, Japan, China, Taiwan, Korea, and you got people, um, from Europe, like Germany, um, United Kingdom, Ireland, um, France and yeah of course you have like you know USA and Canada um so yeah it's it's been pretty um popular and it's pretty global um and in tournaments all you do is you get like uh two warm-ups and three tries for each event and um you can't like reset the timer you have to always like fix your mistakes and if I mean if you do like reset the timer after a mistake they call that a scratch cool yeah no that's that's awesome that like there are the organized tournaments and everything. Um, when it comes to like world records, because I've noticed on your Instagram post, sometimes you like post someone else's record or your own. Um, is there like, an, what's the organization behind that? Is it just like known in the community who holds the record for a certain stack? Or is there like a sports stacking like organization that keeps track of those sort of things? What's the, how does it work with that? Yeah. Um it's, it is called the uh, World Sports Stacking Association, and they are the ones that um, uh, write down, like, held records and also, like, record them um, whenever and, um, whenever there's, like, a tournament being held and they have to, like, record people uh, for their times just so they can, like, document it. Mm-hmm. And so for um, for Sports Stacking, there's, like, three official events. There's the 333, the 363, and the Cycle. Got it. Um, the 33 only has like nine cups, and the 363 and cycle has uh, 12 cups. And so for the cycle, it's um, considered the hardest stack in the sport. Um, so what you do is you have um, like two threes on each side and a six in the middle for the mm-hmm. 363 and cycle. And so for the cycle, you have a you start off with a 363, and then you transition that into like a six and then a six. And it transitions into like a one ten one with one of the cups flipped upside down, and you have to um, 
transition that back into a 363. I know like it sounds confusing when I say it, but you know, visually I'm sure I can like show you, but I'm in my room right now. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, I personally have watched your videos like a million times. So I do know what you're talking about. I'd also recommend our listeners to check out Dan the Man Klein on Instagram. It is awesome to watch and it is visual like makes more sense visually um i did want to ask just while we're talking about that like watching you stack um like we were saying before the interview i discovered you because i think sports center reposted one of your videos and kind of just thought it was awesome and kept watching them um you have twenty five thousand followers on instagram do you yeah. think most of those people are like sports stackers themselves and are just like following you to, to keep track of, you know, like new world records and new kinds of stacks and just kind of obsessed with the sport or people like me that just randomly come across you and are just like discovering the world of sports stacking. Well, I think the vast majority of those are just people who came across me like you guys did um, from pages like sports center, house of highlights, um, wasted. Uh, I've been featured on a lot of like, um, different uh, famous um, Instagram pages. And um, I used to, like all before this, I used to have like around um, 300 followers, mostly comprised of like people who I know who stack cups and people who went to my school. And, mm -hmm. you know, ever since I started doing like a little bit of like reels and like uploading TikToks, I've started getting like more followers. And then, um, House of uh, Highlights uh, messaged me as well as uh, World Star Hip Hop. And, um, you know, they asked like, if they could use my videos on their platforms. And I said, yeah. And a lot of people like kind of jumped over to my page. And I was like, wow. And not only not only that, like one of my reels um, got over 12 million views with like 600,000 uh, likes. And yeah, like that was um, featured, I think, on the uh, Instagram main page i'm not sure how that works but i assume that they like featured it on their um on their like main pages or something and um yeah <laughs> and i was getting like a lot of hate comments and i started to, like turn that off i was like i'm not dealing with this anymore but um it was really cool to like have so many people like actually like jump in and like your stuff and uh follow you and whatnot that must have been i can't imagine getting reached out to by world star just that name too, <laughs> like I'm on World Star, and uh, you mentioned at the start that you've been into this for 16 years. Did you say? Uh, 14 years since Christmas of 2006. Okay, can you talk a bit about kind of like how you got introduced to the sport and kind of like your just journey with it to now being followed by 25,000 people and being featured on on these like Instagrams and websites and, and whatnot i mean so i was 11 years old and it was it was around christmas time and i didn't really know what i want and so i decided to look on the tv because they show like a lot of um toy commercials around this time and cup stacking came up and i was like i actually want that and so i got a set for christmas and it came with like it, it came with like a box that had like the cups the mat and the timer as well as the dvd that taught you how to stack and um at first, I wasn't really, like, super good at it. I, you know, there were some things that were, like, confusing, um, like, certain steps I was, like, kind of missing. And um, But the more that I actually practiced, because I was also um, competitive with my brother who wanted to try it out as well, and he started, like, in, like, sometimes I was like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat him. 
And so the more that I practiced, the better I got. And like before, like Instagram, I was doing a YouTube back in those mm. days as well. And I was um, uploading my own um, videos. I was get, uh, getting subscribers from that. And, you know, I started to like meet people from YouTube. Well, yeah, I started to meet people in tournaments who I knew from YouTube. And it was really cool to like actually meet them in person because like, you're um, first exposed to them online. And when you meet them in person, it's like, wow, you're actually like real. <laughs> and um, I think, you know, the more that I started like practice and post more, the more um, fo followers I gained on like YouTube and whatnot. And then when Instagram came along, I didn't really post a whole lot of like stacking. It was more so just like a, um, a personal thing. And so I'd, I did like post like stacking here and there, but it was mainly like pictures um, and like events that I went to like concerts and whatnot and with uh, the people that I know. Um, it was mainly just that. But then like, you know, at, when I started to uh, post like more of the, uh, the reels and my TikToks on Instagram, the fall, the more followers I gained and, you know, you know, the rest. Yeah. How long, how long did it take to go from like, you know, you first started to when you're like uploading on YouTube and competing in tournaments, like how long did it take for you to be like, okay, I can actually compete at this? Well, I mean, it didn't like take too, too long to like um, get the, get the stuff down but like it took me like at least a couple years to get um under six seconds for the cycle hmm what's your practice routine like because i imagine when we see the videos on youtube like you know those are the final clips those are like the successful stacks but like do you have are you pretty regimented on how much you practice or, or what you practice um i think it's pretty random and it also like depends on my mood of you know whether or not i want to like kind of do it because like yesterday i actually got like um two new records for the 333 and 363 um and i think that, that was just me like getting a lot of like scratches on the cycle and being like okay i want to beat this time i don't want to i'm going to beat this time and the more that i kept like scratching the frustrated it got and so usually like when that happens like i just keep on going and going and going because i have this drive to like you know, beat the time that I scratched as, or like try to like beat my records. Mm -hmm. And um, I would say it's pretty random. Like sometimes like I might just do like a competition training and that's it, or I can just like do a good time or get a time that I'm satisfied with and then I'm done for the day or I'm done for the moment or I might just like come back to it if I wanted to. So you yeah. mentioning like um, some of the world records and stuff like that. Is there like a, a clear cut, like Michael Jordan, best cup stacker, like in history, uh, are you the Michael Jordan of cup stacking? Like, um, or is it like, there's always new people coming in from out of nowhere and like setting new records? Well, there's, a, well, there's always like newer people like joining in and um, trying to beat like the uh, world records or like state records and whatnot. There was this um, one guy uh, who was a kid at the time. He's not a kid anymore, but, um, when he was like around like nine or 10, he's um, got into a cup stack and his name is Steven Perugin. And um, he set like over 20 something world records for this sport. And I would say that he's pretty much the Michael Jordan of cup stacking. That's awesome. <laughs> would you say you're like a Kobe then? Yeah. LeBron. LeBron. <laughs> sure. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> there we <All> go. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, one of the question I had is like before, like obviously when you 
can finish, you do a stack and you look down at the timer, you know, when you look at the timer, this was like a world record, not a world record. You kind of like know how you did, but while you're in the process of stacking the cups or maybe like bringing the cups down, is there like a feel? Do you, can you like feel when this is like a good one? Cause I don't know. I'm just trying to think of comparisons to like golf. Like if you take a golf swing, you kind of like know on contact to the ball, like, okay, yeah, I crushed that. Or it was a bad one. Like what do you have like a pretty solid feel for the quality of the stack? Kind of. Yeah. Like I think when I'm actually doing it, I try to clear my mind as best as I can and actually just do it. Mm -hmm. Um, But the thing is sometimes like it gets a little complicated because um, when I'm like doing really good, let's say on the cycle stack and, I happen to like mess up on the 1101, which happens a lot in stacking, not even just with me, but with everyone else where, um, you know, I, yeah, like I said, I'm like, I'm doing really, really good on the cycle stack. And all of a sudden, like, you know, a, um, a stack fell or like a cup like flew up, flew over, or, you know, I didn't like grab the um, amount of like cups right or something. Mm-hmm. But I think I have to like really like be um, in the zone and really like pay attention and not really like be distracted by what's around me or, you know, be distracted like what's in my head. I have to just like really clear my head and just like focus on like what's right in front of me, which is the cups pretty yeah. much. And sometimes I do get a certain feel like, OK, I honestly think that like I'm going to, you know, get this. Um, I'm, I'm going to, you know, get this uh, cycle record, you know before it actually happens and what like it, wow. it and it i usually get that feeling when it actually happens when i'm like okay so i'm it looks like i'm actually like doing good oh wow i'm like doing great on the six six and on the one ten one. Oh, okay so i got like a good time or i got a good cycle record i knew it you know yeah, yeah. kind of like that yeah. yeah uh one question i had this might be a dumb question so mm-hmm. apologies in advance but um because you're so good at cup stacking, like you obviously have great dexterity and sleight of hand, let's say, uh, do you find yourself just being great at similar tasks? Like, can you st- stack other things that aren't cups very well? Or I don't know, do like shuffling laundry cards very something. fast, shuffling yeah. cards, <laughs> just like similar yeah. type activities. Um, I mean, when I'm doing activities at work, because I work in an industry, they say that I'm um, kind of like a fast worker with my hands because I kind of like do like various different type of um, uh, tasks there where they have like uh, different like companies. And so like they said I was like really good at like, you know, like wrapping like soaps quick. So there you go. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. It wasn't that dumb of a question that I feel a bit, <laughs> I feel a bit better. Um uh, Dylan, I noticed in your videos, uh, your videos are awesome. They're really cool. You like do it fast and it's very hype. One thing we did notice is we think your celebrations could be upgraded a little bit when you do hit a world record or complete a stack. You have the classic fist pump down. Dylan and I were thinking we're big sports fans. All we do is watch basketball and football all day. We we're going to propose <clears throat> some new celebrations for you when you do hit a world record or uh, complete a, a great stack. Um, is that something you'd be interested in? <laughs> uh, sure. I mean, most of the time, like, I just, it just like feel great. I just don't really do much of a reaction. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Okay. So 
Um, <laughs> the first one uh, that we were thinking of um, is you finish up, you finish up your stacking, you grab one of the cups uh, and like the Kobe Bryant of uh, cup stacking, you shoot it at the camera and you, mm-hmm. you yell out Kobe. That's our first proposal. Jamo, <laughs> uh, you got is that a yes? <laughs> Not really feeling that one. Okay. Um, I mean, if I do have the camera and the camera falls, then sure. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. All right. This is one. So Dylan and I bought uh, cuffs ahead of time because we wanted to give it a try before talking to you. I suck. Yep. It's incredibly also, difficult. Yeah, I also am really bad. <laughs> and the cups that I have have like holes in them. I, I don't know. If, is that typical? Are all cups like have holes to be aerodynamic or do they have like, like Do they have bottoms? holes in the top? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, sp- you're supposed to have holes on the top just so like you can make the um, air move smoother and it doesn't stick. Okay, well, this celebration might not work then. <laughs> but uh, in theory, it was a good one. Okay, so I was thinking you have one of the cups on the side that's like not part of the stack and you fill it with like a beer or maybe champagne, something like that, and either just chug it right after you finish, a celebratory chug, or just dump it directly on your head because you're so hyped. You're like, ah! But if there's holes in the bottom. Like a Gatorade bath. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But it seems like the cups might not be suited for that. So we might have to scratch that one. I mean, I think that that's actually a, a... better celebration to be honest there we go there we go i have a leg up on you (laughs) um okay the other one that i thought of uh is i noticed you wear um that hat with the like uh the flappy ears i I don't know what the word is yeah um so i don't know if you watched any of the march madness but there was uh timmy on gonzaga would often go with his handlebar mustache down and then finger gun uh, as a celebration, I was thinking you could do the same thing, but with your hat, you go down the hat and then finger gun. Uh, All at right. The camera. There we go. <laughs> that was better than the Kobe one. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Kobe one, I thought of like, you know, like throwing the cup at the camera and making the camera fall. And I thought that, that was pretty funny. There you so, go. There you adding go. Twist to it, you know, there you go. Yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. Uh, this one isn't that original, but I noticed in the, uh background of your videos you have a guitar i don't know if you play the guitar um or if that guitar is very important to you but just smashing the guitar uh no my (laughs) my 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 brother gave me that guitar and i don't i don't want to like smash what my brother gave me it would be like maybe like a cool idea but yeah i'm just gonna say Ripping Sometimes. a gut, ripping a guitar solo, like ripping the solo. Oh, the there you go. Like that, yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's better. That's there you go. Better. What if Dylan and I ship you on Amazon like a fifteen dollar, really, really <laughs> awful, like kids guitar? I guess then you okay. still have to clean it up and. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, um, Very cool. <laughs> and then the other one I was thinking is, uh, you could just flip the table over just like like when uh in like a cheesy movie like when there's really yeah. pissed they flip the tv the, the, the table over do the same thing with the cups or even thing. better like the cups you know i can yeah. just like take the cups and just like flip them just over my head them. yeah there you go yeah there you go Smash i like that over. i like that <clears throat> i had a similar celebration to that but i was wondering if there would be like you know if that could be 
seem disrespectful to the cups or to the sport, you know, similar to like Randy Moss pulling his pants down in the end zone. Like, I don't know if it's like disrespectful. And that kind of led me to just a question that I had for you is like, what is the, the cup stacking community like in general? Are they a pretty supportive bunch, like tight knit group when you see like the same people at tournaments and things like that? Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. They are. They definitely are. Okay. So they'd be cool with like throwing the cups off the table or flipping the table. Yeah. I mean, not at tournaments, of course, but, um, well, like the people running it wouldn't be cool with it, but I mean, they would probably just laugh their ass off. There you go. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much again for joining us. Um, I have several people who I've told that we are going to have you on the podcast and told me to let them know the second that this is uploaded because they're mm-hmm. just thrilled, thrilled to hear from you. So I really appreciate the time. Uh, Dylan, yeah. did you have any questions before we wrap up? No, uh, I once again, same thing. Uh, we had an NHL player on a couple of weeks ago and uh, I told my friend that we were having a professional sports stacker on and he was much more excited to hear about that than when I told him that we were having an NHL player on. So <laughs> thanks yeah. again for joining us. We really appreciate it. And thank you guys so much for having me. I remember those days I had no rights. I remember those days I had no sticks. Now uh, we are going to do a little bit of master's recap. Uh, we're recording this Sunday night. Masters just finished up. Uh, pretty, pretty good Masters. Um, definitely pretty interesting. Had a bit of drama there at the end. Uh, so, JMO, any first thoughts, first takes? Matsuyama ended up winning it at 10 under, uh, only beating out Will Zalatoris by one stroke. Got a little tight there at the end. Uh, so, yeah, what were your, what were your thoughts? Well, my first thought. Uh, and my thought for the past few hours here has been that my eyes have been peeled to CBS broadcasts on my phone for like 80% of my waking hours for the past three weeks. Like yeah. between March Madness and the Masters, if I go 20 minutes without hear, hearing Jim Nance's voice, I start having an aneurysm. Like yeah. I, it is, this has been such a powerhouse of a sports schedule. And especially like, you're you've been a golf fan longer than I have, but like I thought this was a fun Masters. Like, how did it compare for you? Like, did you like? Was it a good one? Uh, I yeah. So I thought it was a good one. It it was it sucked that Xander got that triple bogey at sixteen. Jesus Christ! Because so it was setting shitty. up. It was setting up so well to be like an insane finish. He had four birdies in a row. Matsuyama was like playing well and then started to falter, had that bogey at 16 or 15 uh, bogey at 16. And then that just like immediate, like all of a sudden on 15 after it went, Xander got the birdie, Matsuyama got the bogey. Then it was like, holy shit, this has the tension of like 16, 17, 18 at the masters. Like this is what it's supposed to feel like because Matsuyama was just like, just riding steady the whole time. And like people went up and down and like, there was just so many young guys that hadn't really been there before. Like, I mean, Rosie isn't a young guy. Rosie sucked. Spieth was like too far behind to really make anything out of it. The guys up at the top were just like basically masters rookies or only been there a couple of years. And just like, like it would have been a perfect time for tiger to just come in from the back and just like shoot just a beautiful, like 67 get to 11 out of nowhere and like win on the back nine, but there was like no one there to do that. 
to Matt yeah. ended up winning. But I liked it. I thought it was yeah. a good. Yeah, the Shoffley triple bogey on 16, right? It was yeah. just brutal because the like people I was watching with the whole time we were like on 17, 18, we were just like, oh, he'd be one back right now. Especially know, like when exactly Matsuyama right. went into the bunker in 18, it would be it was like, oh yeah. my gosh, imagine if he was still one stroke behind. There was like I a know, brief moment. I, I felt like today when it looked like Matsuyama was kind of just running away with it, where I was like, eh, this is kind of lame. Uh, but it's nice that like it wasn't just the familiar faces. Like it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't oh, totally. DJ. <laughs> it wasn't DJ. It wasn't like Rory. It was Justin Thomas briefly. But like the top three being Matsuyama, Zalatoris, and Shoffley. I guess he's been around. But like, yeah, it's pretty cool. And who isn't happy with Matsuyama winning? I was so stoked. He definitely deserved it. He's played so well at like all the majors, especially Augusta. Um, and he just seems like a good, nice dude. And like the, the broadcasters kept saying like Jim Nance kept saying he has the pressure of an entire country on his shoulders. They, like they said that at one point they said 500 times at one point they said he has the most pressure any golfer has ever faced, which just the fact that they kept saying that and he didn't lose just made me really happy because if he would have lost, I would have felt so, so bad for him. Like I would have been miserable. Um, so I'm very happy he ended up winning it. He definitely deserves it. Um, and yeah, it was just sick seeing like the caddy bow to the course at the end, seeing him like cry. It was just, it was sweet. It was a Dude, good I could not fucking imagine. One of the commentators today was saying like going into the fourth round with a lead at Augusta, it feels like all your clubs have been re-gripped because your hands just feel so unnatural. Yeah. And I was trying to think, like, I feel weird when somebody, like, I'm playing golf against my dad's friend, and I'm like, damn, I really don't want to fuck up this drive because I look like an idiot. Imagine having, like, a four-stroke lead on the eighth hole on the last day of the Masters um, yeah. and just not fucking it up. No, the that's whole, what I, yeah. The Sorry, whole, yeah. like, carrying the country thing, did you hear Nance's, like, closing sentence for the end of the broadcast right before the jacket ceremony when he was like the country of the rising sun yeah has yeah. a new sun yeah Matsuyama. I, was, <laughs> I so i was i like was i was going to the bathroom like because i had been holding it all afternoon and i was going to the bathroom because it was like the quick commercial break before the green jacket ceremony and as i'm like walking out of the room i just hear that line and i was like what the fuck? Did I hear that right? That was yeah, a what are you line. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is awesome. I was at, I already told you this, but I was at the driving range during the weather delay on Saturday because yeah. I just couldn't go 10 seconds without golf at that point. I just needed it in my veins. Yeah, uh, And I was at the driving range. There were like three fratty dudes next to me at the range. And they were like, let's go Matsuyama. Like they had the, the, the stream up and everything. And I'm like, everyone should be... F- Everyone should be happy. Like, totally. why not? Yeah, exactly. I don't it. know how you could be up. Like, I get if you, like, really wanted to see Spieth win or something like that. But, like, Spieth played well. And, like, he got the top five. Like, he was definitely solid. And he made just a couple, like, Spieth mistakes, which he just does. Like, triple bogeys just randomly. And he'll just drive it into the forest. Like, that's just. Oh, my God. He drives in the forest constantly. Yeah. Um, um, here's an ask the analytics that nobody asked, but I did the yeah. math in my head and I have it for you now. Yeah. This is a true statistic. Spieth said more words while his ball was still flying in the air than Matsuyama said the entire weekend when his ball was in the air or not. Yeah. Spieth just talked. Yeah 
instantly and says that's, so that's much deep. shit as he cheers yeah. on his ball flying into the woods on yeah. par four because he can't like control his drives at all. Yeah, um, he doesn't shut up. No, that's yeah, that's that's speed. Yeah, it's crazy. Like the the only time like you think okay, like this was this is gonna be like five feet from the hole is when speed doesn't say anything. If speed hits it yeah. and is silent, then get re- it's about to be a foot because otherwise like you know it's always get down get going yeah, gosh Be darn lucky. i thought you got to come back oh get out of there yeah <laughs> yeah as it's yeah. just sailing in, into the trees like 40 yards off the ground yeah that's what i that's what <laughs> that's what i start doing when i play i'll just duck hook one into the forest terrible and i'll be like ah get lucky get out of there <laughs> mud ball ah it's a mud ball <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think it it bodes well for Spieth. I feel like, you know, he's, he's if he would have just, like, pulled a Rory and just, like, missed the cut, then, like, all the momentum of Spieth being back would just have evaporated. But now I feel like, like, going into the next majors the rest of the year, I feel like he's probably got a pretty good shot. This is enough Spieth. It's enough. That's- Him coming in third and just being on the fringe and competing – is enough. We don't need him winning the Masters and it just being fully speed season again. Yeah, like, we're in a fine place. The thing, like, I get, I get it. A lot of people are big speed fans. That's fine. I've never been a big speed guy. And when speed was winning all the time, I could be very vocal anti speed because, like, whatever you know, he's winning all the time. Like, who cares? But now, if he, you know, he loses for three straight years, he absolutely sucks. If I'm vocally anti speed, I'm just a bully. I'm just being mean. Um, now, see, now as he starts playing better, I can start, you know, reintegrating myself back into the role of being anti-speed, which I think is good. And I think, I think you're starting to see right there a lot of, you know, a lot of what you said there is a little bit of why I'm anti-speed. You know, just yeah. Like, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm anti-speed. Like, I honestly was happy get to see him win after so long. But mm-hmm. like, controlled yeah like in 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 smaller doses um i can't put my finger on why i wasn't happy about a potential rose victory um just because like he's been close so many times and i feel like that's another person that like most people would be fine with i just can't stand his face his whole face is a little it's squished it's all squished it's too small the fact that he had that rose shirt today when it's his last name i'm just like yeah i feel like i don't know i feel like rose not winning was the lock of the century like going into the third round or going into the fourth round like he was on fire uh after the first day and then day two and day three he did not play well like yesterday he made so many just insane par saving putts. Like he could have shot like 75, 76 easily, but he just somehow made it out. And then today he didn't make those putts. Like I could have guaranteed that he wasn't going to be anywhere close to the top today. Yeah. I think it was his stretch when I was watching like the start of the third round, he like put up like a few bogeys on the front nine and all the commentators were like, this isn't bad for him. Like the front nine plays difficult. Like, you know, he has the lead. He's got to play safe and everything. I was just kind of saying that I'm like, he fucking sucks. He's not hitting the ball well at all. 
He's going to yeah. lose. Like, yeah. You're maybe making some excuses for him. I think the last thing we'd be remiss if we didn't discuss a little bit of DeChambeau. Um, just, <laughs> I just saw your note that you put it in our script. Do you we'll want to talk that. about that first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, you go first, then I'll go. I'll do mine. All right. Well, DeChambeau fucking sucks. Uh, just absolutely ate ass this weekend. Here's my hot take. Everyone, like, on all the broadcasts was just talking about DeChambeau being like, oh, is he not, like, fit for this course? Does he have to, like, adjust his strategy? Does his play not match this course? Here's a hot take. Maybe he just had a bad weekend and also had a bad weekend the last Masters. I disagree. He's too numbers. He's numbers guy. He tries to... Augusta is not about that, you know? You got to have feel. You got to be a gamer. You got to just, you know, take what the course gives you. He tries to just beat it through brute strength. I don't think it works. I think he's going to really do. You really think one. that? I do think that. Really? I do think that. Yeah. It's it, that's why that's why Augusta is so sweet because like there are courses where I feel like he can do that and just bomb it wherever he wants to and even bomb it like not hit that many fairways. Like when he won the US Open, he didn't hit that many fairways. It just didn't matter that he was in the rough because he is insanely strong but like yeah the masters is cool like that that's why no i don't i don't that's think fair. So. Yeah. that's fair um uh, i just say if DeChambeau like either like one or came was in the mix the next masters i wouldn't be surprised i'd just be like DeChambeau's an excellent golfer and these first two like the the last couple were just like he played poorly yeah. Also, I maybe just don't know enough about like golf strategy and yeah. what plays well, what courses. So. Yeah, yeah, um, that's fair. Uh, my my uh, my I mean, my two things. Uh, first, the whole reason why golf is so sweet and I love the Masters specifically is that Deshambo and Ian Woosnam uh, both shot the same score on Thursday. Ian Woosnam is sixty three, and his average driving distance was two sixty nine. Uh, DeChambeau's average driving distance was 326. Uh, and that's awesome. That's sweet. Uh, and then my second DeChambeau take is, did you see the video of him spitting on himself today? I did on your story and I nearly shit my pants. It is the funniest thing I've ever seen. It's such a dude. It ever since Kevin last week said that he's the content King, it's literally no matter what he does, it's fucking hilarious. Like, he just if anyone hasn't seen it seen it he's like trying he has his big like loogie that he's trying to spit out and it like gets stuck on his lip and then just like falls all over himself and he kind of just keeps walking and tries to just like play it off and just and it and the camera just gets a perfect close-up of it it's unbelievable as a fellow uh drooler i'd say Bit of a slobbery guy. I actually have a deformed chin. This is mm-hmm. something I don't know if I've ever told you this. I have a you fucked have up muscle in my multiple chin. Multiple times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then you know, and now our yeah. entire audience has. Uh, I drool a lot, so I felt for him a little mm-hmm. bit, mm-hmm. but I also didn't. That was a bad look. And you're at the <laughs> Masters, dude. 
It's also bad because he tried to like spit it out, but like it's like he didn't have the muscle on his face no, to get it too far from his face. I know, dude. You know, he's gonna he's gonna watch that video and he's gonna be upset with his neck strength for not being able to get enough force out. And he's he and his trainer are gonna do nothing but neck exercises for like the next two months. Yeah, we're gonna see that on his Instagram. Yeah. Well, what are the odds on that? <laughs> Just spitting seeds across the room. Yeah. <laughs> Doing like the doing like the uh, the speed training drills that he does like in his garage, but just with seeds. Like he just gets really pumped up and just and just like spitting seeds into. His Here's wall. what he should do: set up the U.S. Open trophy in his weight room and just start like spitting diff into it from across yeah. the room. We're gonna spitting technique. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, he's he's yeah. That's gonna get to him. I I feel that. Yeah. One thing yeah. that you like just in there, you talked about that I hadn't really, you know, as a newer golf fan, didn't realize is the level of takes at like in golf and specifically for the masters, just like these imaginary theories that the commentators oh. come up with and like golf Twitter comes up with yeah. are the best shit it's on the, the entire planet. Yeah. Dude, uh, Zalatoris today, like had like a chip onto the green. And he just like made a poor decision where he tried to fit it near the hole. Uh, and it just happened to work out. Like he really shouldn't have gone for that shot. And the commentators were like, well, actually, sometimes not knowing this course at Augusta is quite the advantage. Yeah. Because when you're newer, yeah. you know, you don't have the uh, history of knowing what could go awry. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? You can't have it both ways where like experience is priceless, but then also like he's going to be better because he hasn't been there. Yeah. It's like, so uh, silly. have you seen Tenet? <laughs> it's seen like Tenet the, a few times. the ignorance is your greatest weapon. It's <laughs> like that from Tenet. I just watched Tenet. Yeah, I can tell. Did you understand yeah. it? Uh, well, so it was the second time I watched it. Um, so you didn't still didn't. no. So the first time I watched it, I didn't get it at all. Like I hardly followed, but I also wasn't watching as closely as I should have. Right. And then I read a bunch. What were of, you doing? Well, I so I was watching it with Katie, and we were watching it like on Facetime. So like uh, I was like you know like talk chit chat. It's not a chit chat movie. I also needed to have subtitles on. Because a lot of it was just hard to understand dialogue and being Riddle. able to read it was a lot better. Oh, you might so, you gotta travel back in time yeah, to get forwards. Yeah, Robert Pattinson. This is impossible to understand without subtitles. <laughs> um so then uh so then I re read a bunch of fan theories and then um rewatched it with subtitles on. Like, and I feel like I'm like 75% of the way there. Really? Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I, yeah, yeah. I've watched it one and a half times, but the first time was a drive-in, and the second time oh, was my dad pausing it every two seconds, being like, who's that? Hey, J-Mo. I'm not sure I could imagine a worse drive-in movie. It's so yeah. long, and it's so hard to understand. And a drive-in movie, I feel like, should just be, like, not intense, and just, like, you know, you go there, and <laughs> eat popcorn in the back of your car, and kind of yeah, not pay attention. It was also say a second or third date that did not nice how did it go going. not not what is not well like right when it came out is it because is it because she was embarrassed by the fact that you didn't understand tenant as well yeah as it was brutal she made me watch uh explainer videos on the drive home no mm -hmm. she didn't uh <laughs> we got thai food though and it sucked ass this is so brutal. disappointing bro it's like how do you fuck up pad thai i know
I know. But when you do, it's really bad. Yeah. Like bad pizza. Yeah. Like when pizza it's should of... be good, but bad pizza is really bad. Dude, it was like tomato saucy. It was like tomato-y pad thai. And I was like, this is what brutal. You didn't get spaghetti and marinara sauce? Well, that's the thing. I'm in fucking Georgia. Get shitty ass <laughs> pad thai. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, yeah. But I found another Thai place. It's pretty good. Nice. It's actually you shout them out. You want to shout them out? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, I think it's Banana Leaf Thai in okay. Sandy Springs, Let's get Georgia. Yeah. I think finding this place and recommending it. I actually found this place because Valentine's Day. I was trying to make a reservation and couldn't get anywhere. And this place had just opened, so they were like, "We'll take you." No one's coming to a restaurant. Good for dates too. Exactly. You really like Thai food and dates, huh? Simple man. Yeah. Pad, pad, pad tie and hinge <laughs> that's my next podcast yeah i like that <laughs> uh do you have anything else for the masters you had a second dechambeau thing you're like first thing oh no those are the two it was the woosnam thing and then the spitting on himself thing um oh, got it yeah uh yeah that was it zalatoris seems like a chiller um yeah i thought he was a chiller until did you see his like post round interview today he's yeah. a he's a big time side talker he's like one of these guys just right yeah, out of the side of I his mouth that's like, just like, like a well, it's like a southern I'm, he's from san francisco so he's not a i just imagine him he looks southern right yeah yeah, yeah. he does yeah Something about that blonde hair anyways i like it i think he's a chill he's from alabama only eats like boiled peanuts <laughs> yeah <laughs> spent his entire day his entire life on a driving range dude did you see last thing we wrap up this master's recap anytime but did you see the stat he has made like 1.2 million dollars so far in his entire golfing career on the pga and then one with like 1.7 today at the masters yeah he does damn what what a glow solo second yeah i know i know i know when's that gonna happen for us one of these days just got to keep grinding. Do you mean like when when are we going to get second uh, at the Masters or when are we going to make a lot of money? Make a lot of money. Got it. One of these days. Dude, this pad tie and hinge dates won't buy themselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. God damn it. All right. That, all right <laughs> on that note, that's yeah. our Masters recap. Stupid. I'm not going to let you get the chance. And that was our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking with Jamie Bourbonnet. Uh, she's a professional women's hockey player, a member of the Canadian national team. Uh, we actually already did this interview. It was fantastic. She was such a delight, super fun interview. Um, so you're definitely going to want to stay tuned for that. I can't wait to hear it. She was so fascinating and so humble and just like an overall awesome, awesome, awesome guest. Uh, so that'll be next week. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify to meet sports alcohol. So you you know right away when a new episode is up. Go check us out on Instagram and Twitter at MeSportsAlk. Our Twitter and Instagram have been killing it recently. I will say so myself. Uh, so go check us out there. All right, fam. Peace. Peace and love. Today is going to be the day that they're going to throw it back to you. By now you should have somehow realized what you gotta do I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now Because maybe